This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You give me one shot here on a blue chip stock. Believe me, Kevin. The only problem you're going to have is that you didn't buy more. Nobody knows if the stock is going to go up, down, sideways, or in circles. What's going on, NBA draft fans? Your boys are back. The Wolves of Ball Street, your favorite draft analyst, favorite draft analyst. It's the Draft Act NBA Draft Show on the No Ceilings NBA podcast feed. My name's Corey Tulva. I am here, as always, with my co-host, Albert Garbage Time Gim. Albert, what's going on, man? What's going on? It's good to be back. Um, shouts to uh, Rucker for filling in for me last week. Um, but it's good to be back. I'm excited. We're talking about a really exciting player. Um, Corey and I are coming off the heels of a really fun, um, what is it? Draft lottery, live stream, <laughs> mock draft, shoot yeah. the shit fest. So um, it's good to be back and I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously the big news in the NBA world, not even just the NBA draft world, is that the, the Spurs... Uh, won the Victor Wembanyama sweepstakes, and now we get to figure out the fun stuff. The rest of the draft, we know what teams are where, which is fun for us going forward for the next you know month or so. Um, and I'm I'm looking forward to adding that kind of context into our analysis for the the next month. And today we are going to uh, be using it to cover one of I think our favorite prospects collectively in um. Baylor's Keontae George. Uh, Keontae is a six foot four inch guard, uh, 185 pounds. He'll be 19.6 years old on draft night. Uh, he played 28.6 minutes per game, averaged 15.3 points per game, 4.2 rebounds per game, 2.8 assists per game to 2.9 turnovers, 1.1 steals, 0.2 blocks, uh, shot 37.6% from the floor. Not great, 33.8% from three, just fine, uh, 79.3% from the free throw line on four and a half free throw attempts per game. True shooting percentage, 52.4, PER 17.8, BPM of 5.6. Uh, preseason stock price, ESPN had him at seven. SB Nation had him at 15. Basketball News had him at nine. The Athletic had him at six. Tankathon at nine. No ceilings had him at seven. Sports Illustrated had him at 12 for an average price of 9.3. He came in at eight on the draft deck IPO. Currently, ESPN on our April draft deck update had him at 14. The Athletic had him at 16. Tankathon at 13. Bleacher Report at 13. The Ringer at 12. No ceilings at nine. Swish Theory at 10. Average price at 12.4. Came in at 13 on the April draft deck update. So, um, dropped a little bit in draft stock, but didn't have uh, a free fall by any stretch of the imagination. So with that said, Albert, I am going to ask you, as I always do, is Keontae George stock price too high, too low, or is it just right? Um, for me, it's too low. Um, I have Keontae George currently at number seven 
on my board. And I feel really good about having a number at number seven on my board. I think Keontae, I, I get it. The numbers are not the prettiest numbers, right? To shoot. Well, let's see. He's shooting. He, well, he shot 37% from the field. Not, not, not the best number. I, I get it. But um, when you watch the film, you watch the guy actually play and um, it, it goes way beyond the numbers. Now I, I get it. Like we, sometimes as scouts, we can freaking change our tune depending on the player or whatever. But with Keontae, it's real. Uh, with him, it's actually serious. When you watch him, the types of shots that he can hit, and you talk about translatability to the NBA level, he's got a lot of the stuff that NBA executives are looking for. And, Corey, you outlined that beautifully in your piece when you wrote about Keontae. Um, I think you, it was titled, like, Born to Get Buckets or something like that. Yeah, and, yeah. And, 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 I, and I couldn't agree with that more. And that's kind of where I'm at. This is our second time talking about Keontae this season. But he's a guy that I, I just feel like has so many NBA-level skills that um, I, I just have him a lot higher. So I have him at number seven on my board, so I would say his stock price is too low for me. Yeah, I have him at six on my board, and he kind of toggles in that five, six range for me. Uh and, you know, we did a, a pot on him in the preseason, and I think I had him at three at that point. We hadn't done the Jairus Walker deep dive yet. Uh, so I was high on him coming in. I think he opened up the year at four for me, and, and so I've had him at five or six pretty much the whole year. So I'm like you. I look at the numbers, and I'm like, you know, I wish higher, higher, higher. a little bit of context. You know, he had an ankle injury for a lot of the second half of the year. Um, and, you know, if you've played on a bum ankle, you know how much that could affect, you know, your game, especially for a guy like him uh, who doesn't have like crazy plus size. So, you know, at the beginning of the year when he was healthy, his finishing numbers were really great towards the end of the year. They tailed off a little bit um, when you ha lose just a little bit of burst and explosiveness. I think that's going to contribute to that. But I'm an eye test guy and he just looks the part he he mo looks moves the way i want an nba guard it, with his archetype to move um i i think we'll get into more specifics about some of the misses he makes but i i very rarely feel like the defense is forcing him to miss um and, and i think that's kind of when i look at different guards it's like he misses shots sometimes just because he missed not because the defense made him miss and and that's why i'm a little bit higher but i understand why his current stock price is hovering around the 12, 13 range. So even though I feel like it's too low for me, I understand the rationale. Yeah. Yeah. I'm right there with you. Like I, I, I understand where everyone else is coming from is I, it, where they're coming from, but I just disagree. Um, <laughs> I, I think both of us do. So yeah, I just agree on where we are. All right. So with that said, if you had $10 to invest in Keontae George, Jalen Hood Shafino, and Kobe Bufkin, how are you splitting that $10? Uh, this one gave me a headache to think about in any capacity, but I figured why not have a little bit of fun and, and challenge ourselves a little bit? This is actually really hard. Um, okay, cool. I can do this. Here we go. Um, I got George at seven, Buffkin at, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm just talking about my big board, where I have them. So I have George at seven on my big board, Buffkin at 11, 
Huchfina at 12. So Bufkin and Huchfina are back to back. So I think that should play into how much money I give them. Mm. Um, what, what I feel comfortable doing here is I think because Bufkin and Huchfina are so close to each other, I want to give them the same amount. I'm going to go $5 to Keontae and then $250 to Bufkin and Huchfina. I love it. I'm going to. Hmm. Oh, this is tough. Yeah. Yeah. I almost kind of regret doing that even. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm going to give 450 to Keontae. I'm going to give $3 to Buffkin okay. and 250 to Huchifino. And I also think there's a world where Huchifino is the best player out of that group. <laughs> yeah. I think he's got that kind of potential. I think the NBA game is going to open some stuff up for him. And there's a world where Buffkin is also the best player in this group. I think this range, you know, even though it might be six, seven spots separating certain guys, it's not actually, there's not that much separation is how I, I kind of feel. Yeah. I, I think in terms of the sheer math, that was the most complicated you've ever gotten. Um, you know, I'm just breaking, <laughs> breaking things down, but I, I'm with you, man. Like, I mean, we've talked so much about these three guys and Huchifino is a guy that yeah, you, he was in my top 10 until recently. I just dropped him to 12, but even that I was just like, Oh, am I making a huge mistake here? And I have Buffkin yeah. all the way at 11 and I feel I can, I, I almost feel like I can move Buffkin up a couple spots. So I'm right there with you, man. This was actually a tough one. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah. Um, all right. Then I think it's time to get into the fun stuff um, where we actually get into the Keontae scout. So, I mean, where else do you start with this guy other than the shooting, right? Like, this is what this guy does. He is a, a, a crazy shooter. He's got real, real range. Um, so this is where we got to let it start. So, uh, I mean, talk to me about Keontae as a shooter because a lot of the numbers mm-hmm. don't indicate, you know, how I think we feel about him as a shooter. So why why are we buying into that shot? Um, first off, for me, I feel like he shoots a really easy ball. Um, it, it just he's one of these guys that when you watch him shoot, you think to yourself, Oh, that's how shooting supposed to look. Um, and, and that's just my opinion. Like, I, I just feel like he has such a pretty form. Um, and he, sh- once again, it, it's an easy ball. He's got parking lot range. Uh, reminds me a lot of the guy that we talked about last year that I kept in my top 10 and went really late. 
And people were like, hey, why did this guy get drafted 30 something by the Mavs? And then his rookie season, he played pretty well in Jaden Hardy. Um, it, it just like I feel like George is a really, really, really good shooter. And I and people will ask, well, OK, if he's such a good shooter, why the hell did his numbers look the way that they did? And my answer to you would be that, yeah, like I get it. He's sometimes you're really good at something and maybe you get a little cavalier with it. And um, I think George is a really, really good shooter, but sometimes he takes really tough shots. Um, mm-hmm. But then again, there, that's kind of the other side of the coin where, Corey, we've talked about guys who people say, oh, you know, I think he's going to be a 37 percent shooter, uh, theoretically, <laughs> um, but he never took any shots in college or wherever the hell he was playing. Um, I, I actually prefer this issue with Keontae where he took so many shots and um, you, you outlined it even in your piece, like the, the sheer volume that he was taking was really high. And, and, and I prefer that. I prefer guys who are willing to take a lot that shoot an easy ball and that have a pretty looking stroke. And when it goes in, you say, well, that's what a jump shot should look like is I think a good place for us to start in terms of his shooting. <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel the same way. And I, I want to, play a clip here from a guy who I, I did comp Keontae to in my piece that I wrote earlier this year for No Ceilings in Donovan Mitchell uh, because this is a guy who the reason he went where he did I think is because people did not fully buy into the eye test with him um, in college his sophomore season, Donovan Mitchell shot 40.8% from the field and 35.4% from three. As a freshman, he was 25% from three, right? But when you watched this dude, right? Like in this clip that we're we're playing on the YouTube stream, um, Donovan Mitchell misses this shot, right? But it's the way that he easily gets it off like undeterred like he's not missing a shot because there was great defense on that possession necessarily he's missing that shot because he just missed the shot right and and so you can um kind of project that a little bit easier because it's like all right he's just got to continue working on Mm -hmm. consistency on on his shot I, i think that's an important part of shooting because when you're taking shots like this where you know you're dancing with the ball a little bit and you're able to easily rise up um this is like nba level stuff right i mean combo moves two guys on the ball rise up splash Mm -hmm. that's some that's some pretty looking stuff right there if if i don't say so myself and um it it looks similar again to another NBA guy in Jamal Murray. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a very similar possession at a very similar size of the side of the court comes up two guys splash splash. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Corey, I, I do want to say I, an, an aspect of um, Keontae shooting that I think is really important to stress is you mentioned earlier that he struggled with lower body injuries, right? Um, the thing with Keontae is he's really strong legs um, and he relies yeah. on them a lot for his jumper. If you watch the shots that he, the shot that you just showcased before 
how many dribbles is that, right? Coming off the screen, his body going the other way, and, and and to see how he rises up and the balance that he's fine with that core strength, with the lower half that he has. He's an incredibly strong lower half guy, which is really important as a shooter, right? As a movement shooter, as a guy to shoot off the dribble. Um, he has that really powerful lower half that enables him to even attempt shots like that and and i really wanted to highlight that because the more you watch him shoot and i get it like there were some misses whatever but to see how impressive of a lower half athlete that he is um was alarming and, and i'm not even talking yet about like how he created space for himself himself and stuff like that that lower half is really really a, a, we- a weapon of his and so I, I really did want to highlight that aspect here yeah a hundred percent when you're shooting deep shots you need that yeah strength right yeah. You, you need that lower body you also mentioned that he shoots an effortless ball like there it just floats in the air right this is an insanely yeah. difficult shot to to take and make um with this snatchback you know between the legs snatchback um you know coming off a switch i that's a tough that's an nba move it is an NBA move. And who do we see do that from time to time? Our guy, Donovan Mitchell. So, and this is one of the things, you know, there's a lot of uh, debate in the draft community about why comps are bad or good. And for me personally, this is one of the ways that I use comps. I use comps as a way to like, where have I seen this before? Does this skill that this college player have work in the NBA? If it works in the NBA, then, and he's doing it in college, right? Then I think there's reason to believe that that's going to translate. And if something translates, then I think it's, that's a, a pretty positive marker and something that, you know, you should watch going forward for Keontae. These are things that I think are going to translate. I think when you're capable of hitting shots like this, the versatility and it's the versatility yeah. in his shot profile, right? Like he's not just catching and shooting. He's able to hit these different combos. He's, you know, able to, um, you know, hit you with a snatchback. He's able to punish different coverages, right? Like mm-hmm. here he's he's coming off bigs and drop coverage. Mm-hmm. Bang. Splash. Top of the key. Pull up. Like he's going to make those bigs have to come out and guard him. That's what these these like six four combo guards, like they need that kind of stuff in their bag. You know what I mean? Like, um, Another guy who, you know, has some similar stuff to his game is Anthony Simons. Mm -hmm. And, like, if you're going to come off screen and your big is going to sag in the paint, Ant Simons is effortlessly just going to pull up, right? And and you see, like, this is a good scenario because it's kind of semi-transition. It's hard. Rotations are hard to, you know, figure out. Get you guy, get you on your heels. Keontae's got this this punish the drop coverage thing. Um, and that's going to be big for him because a quarter of his possessions were pick and rolls. Mm-hmm. And this is going to open up, you know, his playmaking, which we'll get into in a little bit. No, I agree with you. I'm, these are, once again, like this is the type of stuff he's going to do on the next level. 
And and I get it. Like these are we're, we've in total, you've probably shown like four shots of his that 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 have gone in so far. And I, I get it. People are gonna be like, hey, that's four shots. What about the other, you know, hundreds <laughs> that he missed? I, I totally get that too. But once again, it's the idea of are you willing to take them? Do you have the skill set to even attempt them? Do you have the physical attributes you need? Like the, his ability to stop on a dime is incredible stuff, man. Like he he does he creates so much separation for himself with these step backs, with you know him just breaking so hard, kind of like James Harden in his prime was so good at decelerating. Right, was the whole thing with him, and they did like a whole. I forgot the sports science stuff on him about how he was like the best decelerator of all time or whatever. And I, I watched Keontae and Keontae's got a lot to that, a lot of that to him too. Um, does a really good job of creating separation, um, has good handle. Um, but once again, like when the shooting is that effortless, the, the attention that you draw with that, right. The, 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 the magnitude that comes with all that. So um I'm with you, man. He's such an interesting prospect. And I I kind of don't like that he gets characterized as like this small guard because mm. I, I don't see him as a small guard. Like, first off, his frame is different to me. Like, I, I think he's got a fantastic frame. I, I, I talked about his lower half. He's got a strong upper body as well that I think is only going to get stronger. Uh, think of Bradley Beal in college. He already had like a pretty rock solid up, upper body in Florida, and it just got better uh, in, in the NBA. And that's kind of how I see Keontae as well. I think he's going to be a really physical guard. Um, I think when he attacks the rim in the NBA, he's only going to get better at that with more strength as well. So, um, just want to highlight, man. Like, like I, I don't see him as this tiny guard that's going to struggle with the physicality of the NBA, and there's going to be like a a long adaptation period for him. I, I don't see that at all. I think everything that we're talking about, Corey, these are translatable skills, and he has a translatable frame to go with it as well. Yeah, he he embraces physicality. We'll get into that in a, you know a little bit. He does have that strong frame, and that's you know one of the reasons that I've always I've been more of a buyer in in. Keontae than a guy like Nick Smith who you know is kind of similar art archetype but is just like really slender and just has shied away from that physicality Keontae's never done that and he, four and a half free throw attempts a game is a good number um and like you said we're showing you we're showing a bunch of makes obviously he misses some shots too right like the the numbers indicate that he misses shots and a lot of it is because like this is a tough shot that he took yeah. You know, he settles for for tough shots sometimes. And, you know, there is a time for you to settle for these tough shots. But this particular possession isn't one of them. You know, 20 seconds left on the shot clock. Deep step back looks beautiful when it goes in. Sometimes when it doesn't go in, doesn't look as pretty. (laughs) Not so beautiful on this one. Well, it still looks beautiful. You know, it just doesn't go in. It's a million dollar move, 10 cent finish type thing. And that's something that he's going to have to iron out. I mean, like, you know, he had that freedom. A lot of the guards on Baylor did, you know, they had a lot of talented guards who all could get their own shot. Um, Keontae has to learn how to hone that a little bit. And, and when to take good shots, when to take bad shots. And that's not necessarily like the easiest thing in the world to learn. But I I also think that he has such a diverse shot diet and he's so capable of playing off other guys that he's going to be able to do that. And we see in the NBA the importance of being able to play 
off of other guys, right? Like you got to make quick decisions. You got to keep the ball moving. Keontae is a guy who hit 46% of his unguarded yeah. uh, catch and shoot three point attempts, right? This play that we're, we're showing from Anthony Simons comes off the screen, gives it up quick, gets it back. Splash catch and shoot from the top of the key that give it up to get it back type thing. At the beginning of the season, that was one of the things that we talked about with Keontae that he was not going to be this big playmaker. He was, but he, he wasn't going to let the ball stick all the time. Mm-hmm. Necessarily this clip that we're playing now, if you're watching, it's almost an exact replica of that play. We saw from Ant Simons, give the ball, get it back. You know, instead of the catch and shoot, he puts it on the, the ground, but same spot splash, you know, and, and we'll get into some of the more movement oriented stuff, but I, I just think this, he doesn't have to he, like, this is a good, example of him not forcing the issue and settling for a bad shot in order to go and get himself uh, potentially a better shot. Cause when you're a shooter like him, the ball will find its way back to you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. And I, and I think something we talk about a lot, Corey uh, on our show is context, right? Um, what team he ends up fit, all that stuff. I, I think um, on the next level, depending on where he gets drafted, but I, I think a vast majority of teams out there wherever he ends up i think he won't be asked to do this much um, with the ball in his hands i think coming in at least uh, even if he has the ability i think he will get more spot off looks coming off of dho's pin down stuff like that like i think um i think the shot diet well not the shot diet per se but the um the decision making as a shooter right um i think it'll kind of calm down a little bit i think he'll take obviously he'll continue to take tough shots because he can make them for sure i could see that but i I just feel like overall the quality of shot that he'll get in the nba in a in a lesser role um should look better uh and it will look better in my opinion yeah i i agree with you on on that i I, and you know i i want to envision him in the the kind of context where he is playing off of another creator you know i i I know a lot of people uh, were kind of upset about like you taking him in our mock draft our post lotto mock draft. You took Keontae to Indiana at seven. And a lot of people were like, Oh, I don't like that. Um, And I was like, I love his fit next to Halliburton because Halliburton's the type of guy who's going to get him shots in all of the right spots, you know? And uh, if, you believe that Ben Matherin is this great athlete with this great frame. Like it's easy to see him playing up at the three, you know, and those guys all on the floor, all being potentially like 40% three point shooters who can knock down shots off the catch, off the bounce, play on or off the ball, move without it. For me, I was like, I love this, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, especially because, you know, Jarris was off the board, a guy like that who at the power forward spot, um, you know, would clean up a lot of the the defense stuff, you know, for that those kind of players in the backcourt. But I loved it. I thought it was a good pick. And I just you also made a good point that like we're it's that time of the year where we're starting to look at mock drafts mm-hmm. and all of these mocks say a player should be here. So if you take a guy like Keontae, who was a potential top five pick yeah. um coming into the year and you took him at seven like it's not like you're really really truly reaching there i don't think yeah yeah 
No, I agree, Corey. My biggest thing is just go back to that play that you showed before with, tra- with the Trailblazers, right? With Andrew mm-hmm. Simons and Dame Lillard. Now imagine you run that with Keontae and Tyrese Halliburton. We're talking about the same thing, right? Well, not this. You get what I mean. Like the, yeah. the threat level is there. T- Tyrese Halliburton is a phenomenal three point shooter, which I love to talk about how I was so wrong about him when he was in college, but he <laughs> is too. an incredible, <laughs> he's an incredible shooter now. And, and, and well, no, he was in college too, but um, he's such a threat and the, and the playmaking and the ability for both guys, if they were to play together, together in a backcourt, um, because Keontae, we, we'll talk about it more later, but he flashed some playmaking as well. So I love that fit. And, like, I, I get it. Like, people will say, like, how can you do that when Taylor Hendricks and Amen Thompson? Are the, I, I, I'm not a believer in Amen Thompson at all. So, yeah, that was the logical move for me. I have Amen Thompson at 19 on my board right now. So uh, you guys can come for my head for that as well. But um, we'll see how that plays out because I just I'm not a believer. And for me, when I watch Keontae and you look at the types of shots that he can make and we're, you know, highlighting some of that stuff, it's 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 it i just don't see how it's that far off logically for people and to go back to what you said Corey, i think for a lot of people right now you're reading mock drafts from 50 different outlets and all of them have amen thompson top five and they've got cam whitmore up there and all these different names and then Keontae's probably at anywhere from 13 to 17 or whatever and so you get you I, I really do think you can get conditioned because you keep seeing a name next to a certain number and you start to believe that that's factual and i don't Corey, that's not our job, right? Our job is not to conform to different mocks from different outlets. Our our job is to, you know, make the best decisions off of what we see on tape. And when I when I watch Keontae George, I see him as a top seven guy and a guy who would be a great fit next to the Pacers because of what he can do with his translatable skills and translatable frame. I, I know I've already used that phrase a couple of times, but I, I really believe it. And the clip we're showing right now is from a guy who also went seven in his draft in Jamal Murray. And this is kind of like why I envision Keontae playing so well as a combo off somebody like the Jokic Murray connection. Like obviously Jokic is going to make you look better than any player in the league. Potentially he always finds you in the right spots, but it's like Jamal Murray is going to create offense running off movement in ways that he allows Jokic to make use of that plus playmaking. I, I think, Keontae has a lot of that that same stuff where he's going to be running off these baseline flares and like this he's so good at this little micro skill when he does it if you're you know listening on the podcast uh what we're showing on the screen is Keontae's coming off the the screen and then he he angles in like he's gonna shoot out to the wing and then he just flares out to the corner to create a little bit of space and I mean that is that's a tough shot to hit in movement to shoot that in rhythm like he does it's it's really 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 impressive stuff and uh the reason that it works is because he's also capable of coming off this baseline action and actually coming off that wing spot and knocking down that shot i mean he is smothered on that shot and it does not even matter you know, like he he can get that thing off and he's completely unbothered. And I think, you know, this is one of the things that I talked about when we talked about Bryce Sensabaugh, like, OK, how much separation does he ultimately have when he's shooting this shot? Like if you pause it right here, doesn't look like a whole hell of a lot of separation, right? Like he is that there's a hand di- almost directly on the ball. 
but he's at his spot and he's he knows what he's doing he's confident that he's doing it and it's the rhythm the timing and when you're a tough shot maker like that you yeah. understand that rhythm and timing to get to your spot first that that's all the separation that you need you don't you barely need any of it to get a clean look and he's got the elevation and the balance to just completely knock that off he probably gets fouled there you know they, they could have been a four-point play which he had a, a a bunch of but he's he's so crafty man Corey, i, I just want to re- reiterate what you just said the the elevation and balance on that shot is absolutely insane like that that's not in my that's not a college shot. That's an NBA shot right there. Like that's a really look oh, at where yeah. look at the momentum of his body and where he's going, right? And then for him to Jesus Christ. Like we we've watched it six times already, and I think it gets more <laughs> impressive every single time. And, and, and Corey, with what you're saying, right? And with what we're talking about, I, I'm not I don't want to name drop, but there's a, a draft analyst from a very huge um uh, sports media outlet and i was talking with him and i've been talking with him about se- several players and the point that he continues to make to me is when he's evaluating players a question that he asks himself um when he's doing the scout is has this guy been successful on any level right and and he doesn't mean necessarily numbers right but i test um actual winning impact these types of things and you watch Keontae george and you ask yourself has he been successful on any level um Everything that we've shown so far, Corey, looks like success to me. These are NBA level shots that he's taking and making. And I and I think that's a really important part of scouting. So yeah. I want to throw that in there. I think that's a great um great point. And you know, I, I think the counter to it is you have to, it's nuanced, you know, like we're not necessarily believers in a Nick Smith. Uh, we did an episode on Dariq where it's almost like, all right, we're talking ourselves into Dariq a little bit. You know, there's some nice things to like, and he measured well at the combine. Good for him. Um, and maybe he was injured too. But y- you have to take that, and then you have to be like, is this going to work? Because it worked at this level. It worked at this level. Will it work at the next one? Stylistically, does it fit a little bit better? And I think Keontae's game is going to fit a lot better at the next level. Now let's move on from... Uh, the three-point shooting and start getting into a little bit of like the in-between didn't take a ton of like mid-range pull-ups um which i think he should at the next level he should take it but what he did do is he was uh you know really good at getting to you know a little floater this is a really slick move here with the the footwork Footwork is, yeah, it's, I mean, that footwork is, is smooth. He was about 35% on floaters, which is, you know, it, okay. Not, not Dylan Jones level. Shout out to Dylan Jones, uh, tearing up the, the combine, um, came on last week. But I mean, when, when you look at this, it's like, you see touch, you see skill, you see footwork. Yeah. It's just really pretty stuff. Yeah. No, man, I, I'm with you. I, I think even as like a spot up shooter in the corner, you catch it, head fake, couple of dribbles in, baseline jumper, hit a couple of those. But you're right. I think um, finding him operating in the mid range was uh, pretty scarce stuff. Uh, wasn't a lot of it. Um, but I mean, the touch is there. The touch is there on all levels, in my opinion, Corey. And, and I think, you know, this stuff is good. Him attacking the rim with physicality was good. You mentioned the four free throws per game. I think that's an important number. Um, we did Buffkin a couple of weeks ago, and his number was a lot lower, and we were high on him. Um, and, I, and I think with George, it's it's a mentality thing with him. 
I don't think it's just a skill set or a talent thing with him. I think it's a mentality with him. He's kind of a bulldog. He's kind of unafraid. He's really tough. Um, all that translates to him uh, on, in, in different levels and all three levels of his scoring. So uh, I'm with you, man. Yeah, and I know that this specific type of play will work at the next level because I've seen it work at the next level. We'll go back to Anthony Simons here. Whoop. Yeah. Little footwork, same foot, same hand float, just like we saw from saw from Keontae. Um, I think it's a really helpful <laughs> tool. I think comps are really helpful. For me, it doesn't have to be helpful to everybody, but for me, it's helpful. <laughs> yeah. You're a visual learner. <laughs> <laughs> No, but Corey, I mean, if anything, I, I thought Keontae did it better than Simons did, you know, in the two clips that he just compared. Yeah, it was right? a little smoother, right? Yeah. So, I mean, more evidence that this is a good skill that he has. Look at the floater, right, in the lane. Like, that. that's really nice touch over over a guy that is bigger than him. So, I'm, I'm yeah, that's not a lot bigger than him. That's a big right there. Um, great touch, you know? So, <laughs> you like comps, Corey? <laughs> as Rucker would ask <laughs> I do I like them I, I think specifically um, they're important for a guy like Keontae who didn't have the best uh, season statistically Yeah. right um, that's why I think they're important for him because it's like alright but you see it on the film and it looks like NBA stuff and, and I think that that's important um you know, this is another one. That little cradle, man. Like, he's, yeah, he's, he's that's good crafty. At that high yeah, that yeah. high gather cradle. You know, I mean, he's getting into the lane, beats off the bounce, keeps it high up, absorbs a contact floater, gets to the line. Tough. That's smooth. Where have we seen that before? Let's bring our friend Donovan Mitchell back onto the stream. Mm. That's tough. You know, Donovan Mitchell does it a little bit different, like um, a little bit quick twitchier. Yeah. You know, with with his, you know, kind of like Euro that he does. But, you know, it, it's the footwork. It's the the combo. Um, uh, it's just the craft. It's it's all stuff that we've seen Keontae execute um, throughout his freshman season. And like freshmen are inconsistent. That that is something that young players tend to be are inconsistent. It's you know why um, <laughs> it's so hard to I, I mean you know be like a generational prospect because right. you right. know like there's so few of them. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it is guesswork and making those educated hypotheses about what he might look like at the next level. And I, I just, I think that um, it's stuff like that, which, you know, really just makes me optimistic about that NBA translation and why I have not wavered for a minute for taking him out of that top five, top six consideration. You you mentioned him, you know, kind of using his shooting as a, a means to uh, attack closeouts. Like this mm-hmm. is a good example of that here. You have, you, no matter what his percentage is, you get sent into a panic when he's open on the perimeter. And when that happens, guys are going to have to come out at him 
you're on red alert. Uh, and, you know, the big is a little jumpy. Two feet, gets to the free throw line, drops it in. Teardrop. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you talk about influencing a defense, like <laughs> some special stuff. I mean, right? Like head fake, he's in there. Two guys react to him. He had another guy in the dunker spot. Like it, it's it's awesome stuff, man. It, it really, really is. And Corey, like I almost feel like you and I, it almost feels like we're not even talking about Keontae George during this pod. It almost feels like we're talking about scouting at large and how we, mm. you know, watch players and how we scout. Because I, I, I do think it, it's, 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 there's no perfect science to scouting. If there was a perfect science to scouting, then every team would always pick the right players. It, that's yeah. just not how life works. And I think what we're talking about here is a combination, amalgamation of, um, us taking different ideas and theories together and how, and, and this is not me trying to say we're smarter than others. It's not that at all. It's just, I think Corey, you and I were just kind of similar in that way. Like this is how we like to view players. We like to visualize um, how they're going to be on the next level and why. And, and once again, if you don't believe in comps, do do your thing. Don't believe in comps. We're not trying to change your mind. I think if anything, we want you to understand that this is how we process and this is how we kind of get to our final judgments or evaluations on these players. And when it comes to a guy like Keontae George, it's hard to ignore all the NBA stuff. And like that high gather stuff, like, you know, another guy who's really good at that and he could be, you know, a little uh, uh, divisive as a person, but Kyrie Irving (laughs) happens to be really, really good, really good at that move. And um, he uses that to great success at finishing around the rim. And so once again, an NBA skill, translatable. Yeah. Uh, you know who this scout reminds me a lot of, and it's, you know, we talked about earlier in that 2020 draft missing on Halliburton and the stuff that he was good at that was going to translate. But, you know, how the first time that we ever had a conversation was I, you had a podcast, you invited me on and we were talking about how we love Tyrese Maxey and we both had him as a top 10 prospect in that draft, um, regardless of what the numbers said. And we were like, all right, maybe we're crazy for believing in in him. But Tyrese Maxey in college shot 42.7% from the field, uh, was 49% on twos. He was 29% from the three-point line. But on four free throw attempts a game, he shot 83% from there. You know, we believed that the eye test and some of the, the indicators like that strong free throw shooting, which is not an exact science, but I if the form is workable and you shoot a good percentage from the free throw line. I think there's reason to believe it could translate, but that was a guy that you had to watch the film and be like, is this stuff that I see at the next level? Cause I think it's stuff I, I see working at the next level and it worked right. And he's bounced back and forth between a starting role, a bench role, and he's been effective in both and he's been valuable in, in both. And you know, he played on uh, a good team this year that took, you know, a team that made the finals last year to seven games. Right. He's still young and he's still got stuff to work with, but there's stuff there that it's like, all right, he should have gone higher than he went in the draft. Right. So why did we shouldn't always let those numbers. Sometimes we got to let the eye test. Uh, Let's talk about the finishing now, because, um, you know, we talked about how he loves uh, absorbing contact. And we think that he's a guy who is going to really thrive. Um in situations where he could attack closeouts and, you know, use that shooting gravity as a means to get to the rim. Does a great job here. This is something that he showed off in high school a lot, that ability to get hang time. Like he might not have a ton of dunks, although there's a video circulating on the internet showing the bounce that he does have on a healthy ankle, but right into a defender's chest, 
goes through them and is willing to to finish through contact. And that that willingness to embrace contact, I think, is just so important. And it's a skill that guys who have success in the NBA, another guy, I think we mentioned him already on this podcast, who we've seen that from this year, uh, Jaden Hardy goes up, hang time, embraces contact at the rim. This is the kind of stuff I that I believe is going to translate to the next level and why, again, I believe that Jaden Hardy could actually be a real real deal kind of three-level scorer. And whether that's the high-end outcome where he's like an all-star Bradley Beal first option level guy, or it's the more maybe he's, you know, a guy who is fitting in on a starting lineup. Uh, or bouncing back and forth. Either way, I think it's stuff that is translatable and is going to lead to uh, you know, success for him at the next level. Uh, Corey, I just want to go back to what I said before. I, I don't see him as a small guard. Um, and it's because of stuff like this. He's extremely physical. I think it was the Kansas game later in the year. I think it was in February. Uh, ball swung to him, top of the key, head fake, comes, comes down the lane and absolutely yams it. And I'm like, well, you know, small guards don't usually do that. You know, these guys that are perceived as smaller guards, weak or frail, whatever word you want to use, like Keontae's not that guy. He's a really strong physical player. As we've talked about already, he's got the mentality. He's got the desire. I mean, the hang time on this one, the toughness, even the flex after. I love it all. Like some guys, they flex and it looks weird because they're not strong <laughs> uh, and they have no muscles. But <laughs> Keontae, tough finish, flexes looks just right why because he's freaking strong he's a strong physical guard he's listed as 6'4 i don't care I, I i think he plays bigger than that we we highlighted the jumper before the elevation that he gets the high release point that he gets we sh- we're showing here him attacking the rim the hang time that he gets the ferocity the physicality that he has all of these things are really important, man. And we talk about three-level scoring all the time and, you know, how that translates. Some of it's theoretical. But he, he showed it. He showed it, man. The way that he attacked the rim, we mentioned before the free throws, all that stuff. That's a really tough take against – I think that's Carl Brenner, right? It's yep. – it's, it's, he's got it, man. He absolutely has it. This is not weak stuff. This is a strong physical take. This isn't like Zaire Williams, his freshman year in Stanford. There's some real physicality here. No, he he moves Kyle Brenner off the spot. Yeah. You know, it's a seven foot dude, rim protector, no fear going in right into his chest because he knows he's stronger than him. Boom. <laughs> you know, like he's like you said, he's not a small guard, uh, regardless of what his listed height is. He's got good length and it's just that hang time, that instinct to stay up in the air. Um, it's something that he's shown consistency with. You know, it's not like isolated incidents. This is stuff that he has done, you know, on repeat since he was in high school. So when you look back at the other levels, like this is stuff that he's just he's been consistent with um, throughout the entirety of his career. Like he is just he's a tough dude. You know, talk toughness is is a skill. Toughness is a skill, and and he's a a, a tough dude who I, I think as his body continues to get stronger at the next level, um, I think this is something that he's going to be able to rely on and and feel confident in, in using. Yeah, and, and Corey, I know we're eventually going to transition over to defense, and I think the toughness that you're talking about, right, the aggressive mentality, the fight in him. It, it translates to both sides uh, offensively, whether it's attacking the rim or in ISO, just kind of freaking 
uh, squaring up his man and saying, I'm going to take, take, take it to the, take it to the rack, or I'm going to square you up and freaking shoot a jumper right in your eye. That, that type of aggression, that type, that type of dog that's in him, I think is huge and really critical. And what separates, you know, stars from good players or stars from average players. Like he, he wants it. There are guys that you just want it. Like I, I play competitively like football. Right. And like, you can kind of tell sometimes when things get tight, the last two tournaments we played, we play in the finals. You look some guys in the eye and you can tell they don't want to be in the field. They don't want to be on the field. They want to hide and run from the moment. Keontae's not that guy. You, you, you look at him and he wants, he wants everything. He wants to be on the floor in the big moments. He wants to be, he wants to hold that responsibility and take tough shots and make tough shots. I, I think he's got the right mentality. I agree with you. Yep. And even when he's not going to get a bucket, he's still going to embrace that contact and try to draw a foul. And, you know, that's going to help his efficiency. He was a guy who this year he struggled with efficiency, right? Like that is the knock on him offensively for a bucket getter. His efficiency wasn't at the same level as a guy like Bryce Sensabaugh or Brandon Miller, you know? So the, if you're the optimist, like we're tending to be, you're going to look at these moments and be like, all right, he's got to put everything together. And if he puts it all together, you're seeing the making of a guy who I do think has the potential to be an NBA all-star. And I think if you get that at seven, like we drafted him in the latest mock draft or you get him, you know, towards the end of the lottery, that's going to be, you know, a, a, a great value. And, and just as he's versatile in the way that, um, he can get into shots. Like he's, Got some pretty crafty finishes. Uh, you know, we talked about him knocking down shots in drop coverage and how hard he's going to be. Well, you know, he's going to be able to attack that big too. You know, so like it's not just like he's going to settle for that three all the time. He's going to be willing to get downhill. And if he sees a big that he can get on their heels, like oh, that little cross jab yeah. move, to, like in that's tough, man. That's tough. This is a tough, tough move. A little bit of English off the glass. Like that's the stuff that he's going to continue to get better at. And again, like there was a point in the year where he was finishing a a lot of his shots near the rim Uh, and that tailed off, you know, with the injury. But there was a time where it was like he was at 65% on close twos, you know? So like the the potential is there uh, for him to really be that that three level scorer but the thing that is exciting about Keontae is not just the fact that he's a scorer it's also the fact that we were surprised about the fact that this dude showed some real playmaking chops this year um he was great at executing the simple passes where he was coming off screens um, and finding his role man, uh, you know, like just being able to do that and, and make the right plays really important. We'll see another example here comes off high. Great nice. timing, great touch. Mm-hmm. It's his ball placement is, it was phenomenal this year. Yeah. Yeah. Ball placement, touch the accuracy. We, you mentioned um, really good with a pocket pass as well. Uh, coming off the screen like it's it, it, once again this is not complicated stuff and yet there are a lot of guys who can't do this um 
he could do it. And we're talking about a guy who's extremely gifted and talented as a shooter shot maker. Uh, the fact that he can do this type of stuff with his passing. Um, I mean, once again, like, how can you not get it? Look at this, Pat. Corey, that pass was unbelievable. The 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 accuracy and the timing and the the perfect velocity on the pass, too. I mean, this is, once again, Corey, neither one of us are saying that he's Luca, but that's a really, really nice pass. Man. <laughs> <laughs> to lead him to the bucket, too, is just fantastic. Yeah, he's really good at the, the, the thread the needle type stuff. And to do that, like you need <laughs> Jesus Christ. This time he does it in transition. Um I mean, just perfect ball placement, great velocity. Yeah. Throws a ball that that the rim runner can catch. Mm-hmm. Underrated part of passing, people don't realize. You can throw a pass, but if they can't catch the ball, it's useless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it I, th- you would think that's a um a pretty uh self-explanatory thing but it's yeah. you know it's 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 not always but yeah it's just like he he he'll make quick decisions with the ball oh, like and talk about placement and and throwing it to a spot that his big could catch it like i'm going to pause it look at where he throws this ball like first of all mm-hmm. he knows that that thing it's going to the big like yeah. he's before he he's, it. Yeah. he's putting that defender um, in the paint in a really tough spot because there's a shooter on the strong corner and the big is there. So that tag man has an unbelievably hard decision to make where he's got to get to the big or out to the shooter at the same time. Keontae finds that perfect window um, and just look at, at where the big catches it. Up in the air, going towards the rim. Just beautiful 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 execution there from Keontae. Uh, those are high level reads but they're not like um you know him playing with the ball in pick and roll so let's bring some of that up let's see some of you know the advanced reads that that he can make hmm, that's great execution knows that his shooter is going to lift up from the corner there uh he his pick and roll setup here is great the in and out gets the defense leaning again. He has to put that, that uh, low man defender in the position where he's got to either make a tag and get back out to the shooter. Uh, the whole thing, just really, really great execution. The timing, right? The patience to let the play develop, to let the roll man actually roll. And then to make a pinpoint pass to the weak side, like the, the, the details are really important, Corey. And like, I, I, I see it all the time, man. Like it's that, I mean, this is why we're talking about these pro level players and, you know, the amount of of expertise they show in these small details, but man, Keontae really was able to flash a lot more than we were expecting. Um, Did it again here. Same thing. Kind of similar pick and roll action. Just a great pass to the weak side corner. Look at this. There's, there's a lot of crafty stuff that, that he does here that it seems like a basic read. It really does. But as he comes off first, the little hezzy here Mm -hmm. to throw off the pace comes off tight. Mm -hmm. So if that defender gets back in the play, he's going to have him on his back. Right. Um, But now right here again, that tag man putting him in a situation, we've already seen him be able to hit that roller. Mm -hmm. So he throws like a little pump fake and, and that low man just, 
stays with the big just a little too late and he just can't get back out in time. It's just that it's a really, really crafty pass all around from him. Mm-hmm. I mean, just his, his body language, everything looked like he was going to make that pass to the big and he doesn't like that. He really sold it. And that's craft. That's attention to detail. That's awesome stuff. I'm with you, man. It's high level stuff. Really high level stuff. See another situation. Splits the pick Oof. and roll here. Nice. Draws the defense. Gets a paint touch. I mean, he, like we weren't expecting it. We we literally said we we're like we don't think he's going to be much of a playmaker, but we don't think he's going to hold on to the ball. And he just completely uh, exceeded my expectation. Um, uh, another weak side hit here. Love this one patience mm. good ball place you know uh good lob good touch on it maybe a little high but gives gives his shooter an opportunity to catch it in time just a a, a really really solid read um from Keontae there and this one here he's not going to get the assist on it but you could see how much he draws the defense overloaded onto one side and it leads to the hockey assist. So to me, this is uh, uh, against UCLA. This is just as impressive as the pass itself. Like we pause it here. Look how much attention the defense is, is paying attention to him with the ball in his hands. Like there are five guys with eyes on him. He's got two guys on him on the ball. Friend of the program, Jalen Clark, just he wants nothing more than just attack that. <laughs> we know that's our guy. Um, and just a, a a great pass for a one more that leads mm-hmm. to an open shot. That hockey assist. Yeah, man. That hockey assist, man. The the just a lot, a lot of stuff to like from him throughout the entire year. I I mean, um, I thought, you know, going back to, to the pace in which he he plays, um, and the touch on everything throws it up great lob thrower. And if you look at the different, the up and down, the different, you know, the change of speeds, the change of direction, just he's playing cat and mouse with that big in a way that that big's not going to be able to make a move. You could look say, Oh, it's against Tarleton, but you know, it's stuff that any big is going to Mm -hmm. struggle with. Exactly. Yeah, and no, with Corey, with, with his ability to attack the rim uh, and to finish and the toughness that he has, every every and any big will, you know, it, it's going to be on their mind. And he's going to have that ability to, as you mentioned, play that cat and mouse game because he offers, he he is a potential threat to go to all the way to the rim and finish and dunk and, you know, whatever. So it's, we, I you said it a bunch of times, but we really didn't see this coming. And the fact that we saw it and he did it, so many times um, just makes him that much better. Now let's transition to defense. And I think that this is something I did see coming. I, I don't know why I'm like significantly higher on Keontae as a defender, I think than general consensus. I thought he was awesome as a defender at IMG. And I thought he was mostly awesome as a freshman at Baylor. Uh, he has some of the best technique that we'll dive into of anybody. And he's a competitor. And I think that he does a good job of of really making you work here. But he could flip his hit, hips. He's strong. Um, so he's going to be able to take it in the chest. Like, this is not... You, you look at this possession, and it was like, all right, what did we watch? He didn't 
the the offensive player didn't even get a shot up. It's like, yeah, because he beat him to the spot and made him move off of the ball. <laughs> you know, like he's so good at that. That's good defense. That's something that I look at. It's not always just going through synergy clips and and looking for for shots. You know, like he has those too. Um, obviously, but it's it's other it's also possessions like this where it's just like can he get low in his stance can he use his length can he beat his man to the spot can he force him to move off the ball that stuff's important too that's stuff that we've seen if, if you uh we could go here ucla amari bailey had a great uh contest scrimmage um gets a little jump on him but Keontae's able to use his length yeah i mean to he get is, a tough shot contest man i Keontae was really good at contesting shots this season. Um, I, I thought he really made people's lives difficult with his length. So I, I just want to back up what you're saying, Corey, because that's something I saw as well. And I, and I thought he did a really good job of contesting shots. Now, did he do it all the time? Like every single time? No, no. I, I Something that I did want to highlight though, Corey was, you know, we mentioned some of the harder, tougher shots he took on offense. And I think sometimes that was physically taxing on him a little bit. Um, there were some possessions where it wasn't as intense, but I always thought the competitive spirit was there. And um, also my only other critique major, well, not a major critique, minor critique that I had of him is I thought he got detonated on screen sometimes, like just <laughs> absolutely rocked on screens at times. Um, so I, I think he could definitely work on that a little bit, but I definitely don't think it was like a matter of him not being competitive or stuff. It, I think he just has to kind of tighten that up a little bit, but there's, there are a couple of screens where he just got absolutely destroyed. Yeah. Even here. And you know, on this particular clip, um, he's able to recover and get back in the play, but you know, the screen navigation is not the best. He's yeah. strong. So he's able to kind of get through Timmy on, on the screen. But like what we want to see is, and he's looking, he's, he knows the screen's coming. So what we want to see is him step up and over, yeah, you know, and get through it um, that way. But he also showed that he's fully capable of it. He has uh, my favorite defensive possession of any player, I think, in the entire cycle because it shows his on-the-ball stuff and his off-the-ball stuff, and it's here against Virginia. Um, I, we'll, we'll go through it, but I just want to let this this thing play real quick. And and that was the whole possession, right? The defend, the, no yeah, shot. Out, no shot, mm-hmm. but just we'll start with his off-ball positioning. He's... Yeah. His guy is in the weak side corner. He's sinking into the paint um, just in case that ball screen. Uh, he's he's there for the tag, right? He's in perfect position. Ball handler can't make that. So he tosses a, a cross-court pass to Keontae's man on the weak side. Look at this closeout Close out. technique. Yep. Those yeah. choppy yeah. steps, high hands, Coach's closing dream. out. And now look at... Baylor's no middle defense, so he's forcing, um, he's closing out so he could force that man baseline. He's right in his shirt, in his space, taking away any air, um, beats him to the spot. Now we're going to see some of that screen navigation. Gets skinny over the screen and has him move off the ball. That is fucking rad. Yeah, Corey. I, when you first played this clip, played this clip, uh, just that closeout, I was like, that's Corey's dream right there. Like that's 
you should be showing this clip to your to your high school kids. I I want to show this to everybody. It's yeah. it's perfect. <laughs> yeah, dude. That's a phenomenal closeout. And to mention, like to beat him to the spot baseline too, getting over this guy. It's fantastic stuff. I'm with you. And that's the competitive spirit that we're talking about to also go along with athletic ability and technique. He's a really good player. And for the people who want to give me crap about <laughs> taking him where I took him, I just watch this stuff and tell me I was wrong and tell me I'm going to be wrong. I, I, I don't see it. I, he's got it all. The other thing is we, ta- we talk about his willingness to draw contact on the offensive end. Yeah. He drew a lot of charges this year. Mm-hmm. A lot. And not just like taking a charge in the paint. He beat his man to the spot consistently. Look at this closeout again here. Watch this closeout again. Choppy feet, <laughs> high hands, beats his man to the spot, takes it in the chest. We're going the other way. I wish he's I could sturdy. Show this. He's balanced. Like, yeah. Corey, I just want to show this to Julius Randle. Like, <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> I'm with you. Corey, I I love what you just said. Sturdy is a great way to describe Keontae. He's strong as hell. He's sturdy. He's compact. He's he's got some really quick feet. Great anticipation. Flex again. Keep flexing on them, Keontae. Flex on them. What you do. You deserve it. (laughs) I love it, dude. It's great. Great. Now, um, He's willing to embrace that physicality, right? We just watched a couple of screens. Now, what do we want to see defensively, though? We want to see that um, that versatility to guard multiple positions, right? And, you know, here, we, Keontae Johnson kind of bullies him a little bit. A couple of times, actually. Yeah, um, he's, a, yeah. he's a big, strong dude. Yeah. He dips his shoulder into his chest and moves him. So as sturdy as he is, yeah. as strong-framed as he is, at the length, the the competitiveness, all that stuff... You know, he's going to have to work hard to, you know, guard, be like a true three position defender, you know, and and I do think there are going to be, you know, threes that he can guard, but he's got to get stronger. And I think he will. Yeah, we love his frame. So and Keontae Johnson, what, 27 years old? So I'm okay with it. Um, I'll live with that. And, you know, to be honest, Corey, like I mentioned before, Keontae did it to him a couple times in different games as well. Yeah. Um, Keontae was really, Keontae Johnson, I'm talking about, was really physical with Keontae George um, a lot this past season. So I'm not surprised that you chose that clip because I saw, saw it happen a lot. Like there was one, he, he just took him on the block and just kind of bullied him for a nice like short baseline jumper. And I was like, oh, okay. So Keontae George, um, not strong enough for a fully, fully grown adult, but he'll get there. Uh, one day because <laughs> he's, he's got a great frame he does hey but if you're trusted to to guard a guy like that yeah there's a reason yes um let's let's look at a little bit of the off ball stuff because i think you know on ball stuff it's a lot of it is about competitiveness physical tools uh how hard you're working the off ball stuff a lot of times is about you know your feel yeah. for the game right. and I, I just continue to think that Keontae has great feel for the game um let's look again at at Keontae being in the right spot willing to give up his body draws another charge here um you know earlier we saw the against Virginia in, in the clip that we showed that we gushed over 
we showed when the guard didn't throw it to the lob man or to the roll man. And this is why it's so important to be so positionally um, smart because you're going to be able to, especially in the NBA, you know, there was a whole conversation about banning charges. This is a valuable way to get a possession for your team is just knowing your spot, knowing your rotations, being in the right spots, and then being willing to give up your body and draw a charge. It's something that Keontae did a lot, like a lot, a lot. We'll, we'll see it again here. Comes over to the weak side. We're going the other way again against Virginia. I mean, he, he really had some moment and this is a game that he struggled offensively, but I like it when guys will bring it on the other end. I like it a lot. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the word that we're looking for, Corey, is focus. He's locked in. He's not a guy who is getting lazy and losing and, and not aware of what's going on. Like the fact that we're highlighting all these plays just shows how locked in and focused he is. And once again, comes back to the mentality, the awareness, the feel that you're talking about. He has all of it. All of it. So, and also for our listeners out there, please don't misunderstand. We're not saying he's perfect. We've highlighted some of the things that he needs to work on and improve upon for sure. But we're talking about a a freshman in college, you know, who's going to come into the NBA and this is a much harder competition. And we feel like he has the foundation to one day become an excellent defender because of stuff like this right right here, right? Yeah, he's not drawing the charge. Yeah. But he's still reading that pocket pass beautiful the anticipation from from one of the best uh passers in college basketball and he's anticipating this this role um does a a a tremendous job here and that's defense to offense yeah that kansas state team team was tough last season too yeah yeah tough as hell dude yeah (laughs) big naquan tomlin guy yeah yeah they're good. And like you said, it's not as if there aren't things that he has to work on. Right. Um, you know, here he buries himself a little bit too deep. Can't close out in time. Yeah. And this is where you say, like, is he locked in every moment of every game? It's, it's hard to do that. He, he, he looks like he's huffing and puffing here. Yeah. Like this is when you got to maybe raise your hand and tell coach to give you a blow. <laughs> so it's not as if he's perfect, but, yeah. He is in the right spots to rotate out. Um, mm-hmm. He just he doesn't have the choppy feet. He's he's upright. You know he's tired. a little slow. He's he looks tired. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you know that's that is going to happen. But uh, he just did. I think so many good good things. So many nuanced things. So many things to feel good about. Uh, right here when uh, Baylor got waxed against um, Marquette, this is a really great X out. You know, I mean, like those are things that you're going to want to see at the NBA level. Like that's Keontae's rotation. And a lot of times there could be confusion as to, well, that's not my guy, right? Like I should be closing out to the wing, but like when your low man is buried there, and you're the guy who's splitting the difference. You're the you're recovering to the corner. Mm-hmm. Low man X's out to the wing, and now you settle for a tough shot. It's nuanced. Doesn't not going to show up in in the box score, but you know it's a really good possession. We like the guy. 
it's clear <laughs> we like him. But Corey, I'm with you, man. And and I feel like he he's a guy who, once again, he can't be a numbers guy. Please, all our listeners out there, you have to you got to watch the tape. You got to see the stuff that he's doing. The new, I think you've used the word nuance like fifty times already this pod, and I think it's it's a, it's a really important thing to highlight with this game. It is very nuanced. It is very detailed. It is very advanced, and I think we're seeing all that right now with these clips and with what we're talking about. He's a guy who is going to dot his eyes and cross his t's, and I, and I think that's a really important aspect of his game. A hundred percent. And look, you know, if, if you do want to get into um more of an analytical perspective uh on the defensive side of the ball like if the eye test doesn't do it for you i think you'd be you know kind of surprised to see how well keontae rates out um on you know categories on synergy he's 83rd percentile very good on spot ups 94th percentile as a pick and roll ball handler he was uh held Offensive players to 26.7% shooting in isolations. Um, you know, he's just up and down the board. He was really good uh, it, on on defense. So, I, look, man, I think that the kid has the potential to be a, 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 an all-star in this league. And if I think that you have all-star potential, I'm going to have you pretty close to the top five. You know, and if he was just a little bit more efficient during the year, a little bit more consistent. And and there were so many games where he would start out slow and then he would catch fire in the second half and he'd be a little streaky. If there was a little bit more consistency, I'd probably have this guy, you know, at like four or five, you know, or definitely have him top five. I have him at six right now. Like I said, I bounce back, back and forth between him and Sensaba because there's question marks about Bryce as well. But I, I love that dude's game. I just see it working in the NBA. I'm just a buyer. I just believe. I think we both are. I think we both are. He's really, really good. He's really good. He's really good. Now, we we went through a ton of guys, um, yeah. NBA players, during this, this pod. Uh, were there any guys that, you know, if you're buying stock in Keontae, that maybe you bought stock in previously that, that weren't of the, the guys that we mentioned? No, I, I just really loved all of your guys, Donovan Mitchell, Simons, uh, Jamal Murray. Um, I mentioned um, Bradley Beal. Mm-hmm. I think he can have that type of role um, early on. Um, Jaden Hardy as well from yep. last season. Um, I think just, of course, I think he's going to be a better defender than Hardy to start. Um, and I think he's got a little bit. I, not that Hardy doesn't. No, I didn't want to say that. I just I just want to say Jaden Hardy. Um so yeah, those are the two guys that I thought of other than your guys because I thought your guys were pretty spot on. Yeah, and I mean, look, Jaden Hardy was a guy who was a potential top three pick coming into his draft too. And he played in the G League, you know, iffy percentages and whatnot. Um, and it looks like he should have gone way higher. And even if it wasn't, you know, top three, you know, you could, you're probably going to be able to make an argument for that guy to be a top 10 guy looking back. Right. You know, so... I think the the and I personally I I think Keontae is a better prospect than Jaden just because I like the pacing he plays with a little bit more. I think they're very similar in a lot of ways, but I just uh, I trust him with the ball in his hands just slightly more than I did Jaden. I 
trust him long term as a finisher a little bit more. Um, Jaden might ultimately, yeah, yeah Jaden might be a better shooter yeah. in certain regards, but Keontae's no slouch there. But very similar prospects, and uh, there's a reason he was a highly recruited guy coming into the year, highly ranked guy coming into the year. We're not guys who who live and die by that, but for me, I'm buying into that preseason stock and, and keeping all of the stock that I had in, in him earlier in the year. And based on his price, I'm willing to buy more. Yeah. I, I think I've, if anything, moved him up or maybe, I don't know. I don't even remember my first board, so let me not lie. <laughs> um, but I, I, I feel really good about him. Have, I feel really good about having him in my top seven. I, there's no regret. There's no trepidation. I feel good about it. Um, and I think he's going to skip, stay there. I mean, there isn't like, a long time before the draft. Um, I can't see any major changes with him. I, I love his game. I love doing the second deep dive with you. Um, he's awesome. And, and I can't wait to see him in summer league. Can't wait to see him in the NBA. All right. Well, that means that it's time for you to sell me this pen on Keontae George. Um. Evaluating basketball players um, on a non-NBA level is always hard. Um, you have to consider so many different factors. You have to consider development, context, teammates, all that stuff. Uh, watching Keontae George, he's gonna he's gonna have you feeling pretty good about his outlook. And the reason why is because so much of what he did in college is what he'll be doing in the NBA. Uh, almost everything that he did in college is translatable. Whether we're talking about his skill set, shot diet. Um, his ability, right? Uh, I, I think so much of who he is as a player um, is what he's going to be in the NBA and just better, right? He's going to get older. He's going to get stronger uh, NBA coaching, NBA system. And so uh, Keontae George is an unbelievable shooter, a really, really strong physical guard who uses that physicality on both ends of the floor. Uh, he's a guy who is going to be able to take uh, and make really tough shots. And so, um, if you're looking for a guy who could potentially be a 25, 28, 30 point per game type of scorer uh, and do more than that with his defense and passing as well, then you should grab Keontae George. And generally, if we're talking about a guy of that type of skill set, he usually goes somewhere in the top 10. He most certainly does. And um, I think he's worth it. I think a team should take him in the top 10. A lot of it is going to be fit based, obviously. Uh, now you, you you chose the Pacers just because I think guys that maybe were better fits for the Pacers were off the board already. Uh, are there any particular teams that you look at for Keontae in, in this draft and you go, man, I think that would be like a really great spot for him based on their personnel? <sighs> That's actually a good question. Um, I feel like I kind of have to think about this a little bit, to be honest. Um, I like the Indiana one though. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> um like that Clearly. one. Clearly. Um hmm. I really like top. Orlando. Well, that's a good one. I really like Orlando. I think um and they have, you know, they'll have two bites at the apple yeah. there for him at 6 and 11 if they stay in in that spot. Um but big, two big guys on the wings in Paolo and Franz. Mm-hmm. Uh the potential to play on or off the ball. So he can run around the court, do the movement stuff. Doesn't need the ball in his hands to create. He'll catch and shoot. 
when those guys are, you know, drawing the attention of the defense, he's going to be able to be a flamethrower, I think. Uh, and then if he's given the rock, he's going to be able to create for himself and put the ball in the hoop. I think Orlando is a team that should really try to nab him with one of their two picks. Um, I like Toronto at, at 13. If he, if he drops that far, I mean, theoretically I like Dallas, but I think there's overlap mm-hmm. with, uh, Jaden Hardy there. Um, I think Utah, I mean, you know, their system, the spacing, I think that would be fun. I would hate to have him in those atrocious jerseys, but you know, I think Will Hardy would do a lot for him. I think he's an easy fit on a lot of rosters. Mm. I just want to piggyback off of what you said with the Orlando one. I mean, if Suggs continues to develop, um, I know he hasn't had like the hottest start to his career, but I, I we liked him heading into the draft. So if, if Suggs can continue to get better and you think about a potential future backcourt of Suggs and Keontae, I think that's pretty interesting defensively. Fultz, um, Fultz and Keontae Fultz, fit. Fultz as well. I think Cole Anthony kind of, though, I think they'll eventually move on from him. Um, yeah, he seems like the odd man out. Yeah, so. I'm with you. That that's a nice fit. I like it. Yeah. All right. Um, well, we did an hour and 20 minutes on Keontae George. And I think it was necessary because I think that what happens with the NBA draft cycle is that the guys who are ranked really highly coming into the year, they get the hype early in the year. And then we move on because we want to talk about new guys and we forget to circle back to the guys that we were into at the beginning of the year. And Keontae is a guy who almost feels a little bit forgotten. I think Jet is suffering a little bit of the same, uh, same thing there. And sometimes it's fun to go back to the guys that we liked coming into the year to see if, you know, how you felt the first viewing is the same you feel on the second viewing, because sometimes, you know, time goes on and you, you forget a little bit, but, uh, I think it's, I, I think Keontae should have another moment on, you know, in the, the basketball internet ether because he's just a whole hell of a lot of fun. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. And um, I can't wait to see where he ends up going because if he falls a little bit, I think one of these teams in the late, late lottery or whatever, if they if he falls all the way down there, they're going to get awesome value. Like really, yeah. really awesome value. So it's gonna be he's gonna be a really interesting name to watch, Corey. I, I agree with everything you said. All right. Um, tell the people where they can find you. Uh, you guys can find me at Alberto Gim uh, on Twitter. You can find me at GTG NBA on Instagram. Is where you can find me. Um, last week I wrote about Miles Kelly of Georgia Tech. Um, not like a super well known name to a lot of people, but to the, to the masses. But a guy who is a really really good shooter. Um, and a guy that I think one day should be playing in the NBA is how I feel. Um, and so I wrote about him and, um, I don't know who I'm writing about for next week. So just be on your toes, guys. I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) That's why we love your writing. Keeps us on our toes. We, uh, just released big boards and mock drafts at no ceilings, NBA.com. Uh, you could subscribe there. I'm busy finishing up the draft guide. We just released the cover, um, preview, which, you know, I, one of the coolest, uh, illustrations that we've had done shout out to Matt Skiff for knocking that illustration out of the park as he always does. He's 
you know, one of my favorite artists uh, of all time. And uh, the draft guide is going to be rad. So that's going to be out in less than a week. Less than a week. There's a lot of content in that thing. So make sure you're locked into the No Ceilings NBA um, social media. It's at No Ceilings NBA. Um, just about everywhere. So follow that. You can follow my Twitter at Corey Tulliba, uh on all the things. So thank you for rocking with us. Can't wait for the rest of this draft cycle. Thinking we're going to have a fun guest on next week. Hoping. Ooh. We'll see. So uh, to be TBD on, on that front. Oh yeah. We're going to have some merch. It's going to be a whole thing. Make sure you're locked in. Until next time, thank you for rocking with us. We out. Peace. Peace.